Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneer Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 256 for the 8th of Av in a leap year. So we've been talking about the core, right? Physically and also spiritually speaking. Yesterday, we spoke about in a physical way, the way that people often misassociate the, the core with being the stomach or the ab muscles, when really, anatomically speaking, the core is a lot more than that. There are a lot of muscles involved with the core. And essentially, the core of the core, like the main aspects of the core is actually the pelvic, the pelvis, the pelvic floor. And interestingly, all of the other muscles of the core kind of have some association with the pelvis. The pelvis is what brings everything together. And we spoke about how this really translates into having good posture, because having good posture really stems from that pelvic floor. So that instead of telling somebody like roll your shoulders back, uh, make your spine really straight kind of thing. Really, if you start from the pelvis, it's a, it's a much more natural beginning and it makes a lot more sense. And we spoke about how this translates spiritually and how interestingly enough, the ultra really likens this whole idea of the pelvis or the loins in a more biblical sense, the motznaim in Hebrew, he likened it to emuna, to faith in God, and how just like for physically speaking, the pelvis is really that which holds up the entirety of the body all the way up to the head so that it's like we spoke about yesterday, you can kind of like tell how good a person's posture is, like how attuned they are to their pelvis, like is their pelvis doing the right thing by looking at their head. Interestingly, you might have to kind of have some knowledge of yoga or that kind of thing to be able to do this. But uh, but there is a connection between the way a person holds themselves up in their pelvis to their head position. And this is true spiritually as well, that it's like if a person spiritually really has and cultivates a strong imuna, which is their spiritual core, then this is going to translate into their minds being preoccupied with God. And when the mind is preoccupied with God and has a godly awareness, like a person's living with a God consciousness, then this is going to translate into them having a really true sense of God and God's greatness. And this will translate into them having a deep sense of love and fear of God, which we said are ultimately the limbs of a person's the body of a person's soul, just like we have limbs of our physical body, which like the head kind of like dictates where those limbs need to go. Like our our mind tells us how to move our arms, our legs and that kind of thing, right? So we spoke about that a lot more in depth yesterday. You can go back and listen to that if you'd like a refresher. And today we're going to continue along with this discussion of posture and how to have good posture. And what we will actually learn, which once again, really interestingly lines up with my experience with my yoga practice, of course, is that 
having good posture, well, yes, it really is all about having that good core, that strong core and that connection to the core. How do you strengthen that core? That's the big question. How do we do that? How do you strengthen your core? So the answer might seem a little bit like counterintuitive or a little abstract, but the answer is, and we see this actually in yoga as well, is that it's not actually by focusing on the core directly, but it's actually by focusing on something seemingly pretty far removed from that core, at least spatially speaking, which is the area above the head. So a very common practice in yoga that you'll find, we spoke about the mountain pose yesterday, which is merely just like a pose where people stand at the front of their mat, feet together, or maybe slightly apart, shoulders rolled back, relaxed position. And we want to help them stand in this way of like really having this good posture where they're really solid. And we spoke yesterday about this pose and we spoke about how it's we want to engage that pelvis and we want to have the right pelvic alignment and all of that. But interestingly enough, the way that yoga teachers will very commonly teach this pose, including myself when I used to teach yoga, is they actually won't necessarily start with that pelvis. I mean, they might. They might want you to have like kind of like a basic kind of like pelvic alignment, like make sure that your feet, you, you do want to make sure obviously that your feet are in the right position you want to um, make sure that they're not like splaying out to the side or anything like that, which might be might be an interesting discussion, spiritually speaking, on another level also, right? Which is not necessarily for today, but we could maybe just like put it out there that it's like in terms of all this meditative work and everything that we're doing, before we're doing all that, you want to make sure that you're grounded, that your feet are in the right position. So um, yeah, so, so anyway, so going back to that mountain pose, so the way that... Is that this pose is usually taught, which I think is really interesting in light of what we're going to be learning in today's Tanya, is after making sure that your feet are not like in some weird position, they're facing forward, and then you make sure that your pelvis is like basically aligned, it's not like doing anything like super weird, then we actually go to the crown of the head. And we actually say there's an imagery that's often often used in yoga classes where the teacher will say, imagine that there's a string attached to the top of your head, right in the center of the crown of your head. And it's lifting you up, upwards towards the sky, like kind of like moving you up against gravity. So you know what, we can even do this. It's interesting to kind of combine these two worlds in this podcast format. We could try this right now if you guys want to practice mountain pose. So maybe take a moment if you're able to, if you can stand up, I'll lead you through a quick mountain pose meditation. So maybe you're standing already. If you are, maybe just take a moment to pause out of your very busy day. I get it. If, if you can't do this right now, maybe you can do it at some other point during the day. Try to either rewind and come back to my podcast or try to remember what I'm teaching. So take a moment and stand with your feet, hip distance apart. Make sure that your toes are facing forward. And then just follow the energy of your feet all the way through your shins up to your thighs and then all the way to your pelvis. When you're at your pelvis, just make sure that your pelvis is sort of neutral, that it's not like kind of like that you're that you're not like tilting forward or too far back too much, but it's sort of like in this neutral position. The pelvic bowl is, it's, it's, a, it's a bowl, the pelvic bowl. It's often likened to like a bowl of soup that you don't want to spill over backwards or forwards. So just try to keep that bowl of soup aligned. And then from the pelvic floor, lifting up through your body, picture now that string attached to the top of your head, pulling your energy upwards. And see if you can actually feel that. See if you can feel yourself growing taller. See if you can feel 
a sort of weight being lifted off of you, moving against the force of gravity, and see if this makes you have a little bit better posture. So that's a really quick leading through of mountain pose, a little uh, mini yoga class here in my podcast. Uh, There's a lot more involved in mountain pose if we wanted to get even deeper into it. But for now, that's for the purposes of our class today, then hopefully that will give you a little sense of it. I'd love to hear your experiences if you actually did this exercise. If you want to comment about it in the YouTube comments, that would be great. I'd love to hear if you really did feel that shift in your body and what that was like. And now we're going to get into Tanya. We're going to talk about how this translates spiritually speaking. And hopefully having had that like visceral experience in your body, it can become a little bit more real to you. So spiritually speaking, so what is this? This idea of the crown of the head lifting from the crown of the head. And this is how we strengthen our core and everything like that. So the head. So we spoke about the head yesterday. We spoke about how the head is really the seat of like wisdom and intellect. So this is where we meditate. This is where we contemplate. This is where we think about things and try to develop a certain consciousness about different things however there's something above the head what is above the head so spiritually speaking when we go back to the spheros if we look at that as our guide so above the head above the chabad the intellectual faculties of the soul is what we speak call keter keter is is literally translated to being crown and it's associated with the power of will of ratzon whether we're talking about the ratzon of god when we're talking about the spheros in relation to God, or when we think about how we were created in the image of, of God, then for us too, that area above the crown of the head is associated with our will, with our ratzon. So the, so the will of a person, why is a will of a person or the will of God above the intellect? Because true will really is above intellect. It's not sensical. It's not logical. If you like a certain flavor of ice cream or you don't like a certain flavor of ice cream, it's not a logical thing. We're attracted to certain things we're drawn to certain colors, flavors. This reflects a very core part of our soul that's beyond the realm of logic. Logic. So what is God's will? What are God's preferences? What are God's tastes? So we know this very clearly, actually, because he told us and he tells us all the time. This is in the realm of halacha. So when we study Jewish law, when we study the laws, the commandments that God gave us, this is a way for us to really grapple and understand God's will. And so you might be asking yourself, but don't we always, when we talk about Torah, whether it's written Torah or oral Torah, we say that it's God's wisdom. We don't say that it's God's will. We say like the the Torah comes from God's wisdom. So what's what do we mean? Will all of a sudden. So as we'll learn today, when we say that, it's true. It's true that the, the Torah comes, emerges out of God's wisdom. But where does God's wisdom come from? It doesn't come from it from nowhere. It the origination of it is in his will. And so ultimately it's like if we want to tap into the source of this wisdom, we tap into the will. So going back to our discussion about the core and posture and the pelvis and all of these things, just like physically speaking, when we do mountain pose, when we just did that mountain pose, the way that you can improve your posture and the way that you can strengthen your core is actually through tapping into that area above the crown of your head and lifting from that area in the crown of your head. This is something I should mention in Pilates. They actually use this visualization a lot too. Like Pilates is very, very core focused and they'll constantly have this thing. A lot of ballerinas, you'll notice, have this like very like upright, they look really tall. Like a lot of them are tall, but <laughs> they look like even taller 
taller than they are because they have this like kind of length to them that they're lifting from the crown of their head. So similarly, when it comes to our spiritual service, if we want to strengthen our core, which remember, what is our core? Spiritually speaking, our core is our faith in God, our imuna. If we want to strengthen this faith in God, if we want to get more in tune with our faith in God, we need to tap into the crown. We need to tap into that area, the ratzon, which is God's, in other words, God's halachas, the Gemara, right? So uh, yeah, so so that's that's basically it. So this that's going to be the lesson of today. That's what we're going to be learning. And so with that being said, I think let's get into the text. And for context, we are in Igeris HaKodesh, which we just started yesterday. And we are in the middle of epistle, the first epistle of this Igeris HaKodesh, which is a collection of epistles or otherwise known as letters. So the Ultra Rebbe begins here. And he says, so what, and you'll see it's very straight, like this introduction I gave you is really lines up with everything that we'll be learning in the text. So the Ultra says that what gives power and strength to the aspect of the loins of the Motsnaim to be able to upkeep and sustain the head and the arms, like the, the, which again, the head is the intellect and the arms or the limbs is the love and fear of God, which we spoke about yesterday. So what, what does this, what gives the power of the of the loins to do this. This is the study and being involved with the halachos, the the laws of Torah, the oral law, which is the aspect of the revelation of the supernal will. So Torah, just straight up Torah, comes from God's chokhmah, as we've learned about numerous times here in the Tanya. However, what is the root of this chokhmah? Where does this chokhmah come from? This chokhmah comes from a much higher place, which is called the supernal will, blessed be he. Uh, as it says, and then here's gonna, uh, the altar brings a citation to support this from Tehillim, chapter five, verse 13, which literally means, as with a shield, you crown the righteous man with your will, with will. So it's like there's something about the will of God that like there's a connection with uh with with this idea of a crown and God's will and the way that God encompasses us with his will. So just like a physical crown, says the ultra bet, that is placed above the mind on the head, right? So it's like it's inside of like in like inside of your head. What's inside your head? Your brain, right? And then if you put a crown on top of that, let's say you, uh, a king or a queen is wearing a crown, so that crown is encompassing their brain. So this is like basically alluding to the fact that there's something about the crown that is like there's something that transcends the intellect, something that transcends this logical, brainy part of us. And now the Ultra Boy brings another citation here. This one is from Mishle, chapter 12, verse 4, in which it describes the uh, a woman of valor and Ishes Chayel. And what does it say about this woman of valor? It says, Eshet Chayel Ateret Bala. A woman of valor is the crown of her husband. So the Ultra Rabbit doesn't get into this here, but he's going to explain it later on. A very deep idea that what this is basically alluding to is that when we're saying a woman of valor is a crown for her husband. So spiritually speaking, the oral Torah is the feminine, is considered to be feminine. It's like, it's, it's likened to this woman of valor. And versus the the uh, the chokhmah of God, the intellect of God is like the husband. So in this case, we can see it how this oral Torah 
is the crown for the uh, for for the for this aspect of chokhmah. And now the Alter Rebbe brings a teaching from the end of Masechet Nida, from the end of the Gemara, which teaches that anybody who studies the the halachos every day, they definitely will get life in the world to come. So there's something about learning these laws of the Torah that is very important, obviously. And then the Alter Rebbe will go on and he'll explain this, and he says that this idea is going to explain to us this idea of Chaga Be'oz Matnea. She girds her loins with strength. This is, we spoke about this yesterday, this idea of girding her loins with strength. This is part of the Ishat Chayel song that we sing every Friday night. So what is this strength that she girds herself with? So there's no strength other than Torah. That's, so Sifrei, this is a citation from Sifrei on a verse in Devarim, chapter 32, verse 2. In Oz el Torah, it's a, it's a very common phrase. There's no strength but Torah. So it's like when we say that she girds her loins with strength, how does she gird her loins? She girds them with Torah because Torah is the strength. So, and again, the loins is, is the amuna. So in other words, this Torah gives strength and power to the aspect of the loins, which are embodied and vested within her, like within the soul, in order to strengthen the limbs, which are, again, the, uh, the when I speak specifically about the arms, the, the love and fear, whether we're talking about intellectual love or more innate love, each one according to their ability. And then the ultra rabbit is just going to bring a little side note here in brackets, just to give a little bit of attention to the intellect, because it's like the main focus of today's section is really all about how it is that the loins, that strengthening the loins, strengthening the pelvis, strengthening the amuna, really causes this effect on the love and fear of God. Like it creates this like emotional component of having us love and fear of God. However, it does have an effect on our intellects as well. So that's something just to keep in mind. And he brings a proof of this from Mishlei chapter 31, verse 18, where it says, Tama kistov sacha hure, which means she perceives that her trade is good. And this is a metaphor which is explained elsewhere. And it's just basically the main idea of this metaphor, which the ultra doesn't really get into, is just about how this whole idea of like when we strengthen the loins, this actually strengthens the mind as well. Like, so it's like basically through learning, translating this practically speaking, through learning the Torah laws, through learning Gemara, through learning Halacha, this not only strengthens our faith in a way that makes us love and fear God, but it actually also strengthens our intellect at the same time. Okay, so now the ultra gets back to the main topic of what we've been discussing today. So we're discussing this idea of how learning Halacha, learning Gemara is really a the way to strengthen a person's loins, right? Uh, so that it seems like that's what a person should be involved with is just like learning lots and lots of Torah. However, now the altar takes us in a new direction and he says, but actually the main time to really be involved in strengthening and fortifying the, the limbs and the head is actually during the morning prayer, which is a time of rachamim, a time of compassion. And it's a, an auspicious time for the supernal will. So it's like the supernal will and compassion, spiritually speaking, is revealed. This is the the Zohar teaches this, that in the morning hours, this is when God's compassion and God's supernal will is revealed. And so thus, this the the um the morning prayer is a good time to really get into this idea of like really thinking about fortifying your limbs and head. Uh and so 
with all of this in mind, says the altar Rebbe, and here's how he concludes today, is he said, I'm going to ask you guys of something. He's, he's actually, this is, he's speaking personally to his chassidim. He said he wants those who are seeking to come close to God, he wants them to both understand and contemplate, and it should be a memory for them, a, rem- a, a remembrance for them, it, in between their eyes, everything that I wrote to them last year in general, so not to get too confusing here, but the altar was actually alluding to a, an epistle that we're going to learn way later in the Tanya, in the part five of Tanya. So things are not necessarily in chronological order uh, in the Tanya in terms of like the, when, how it was printed versus how, when it was written. Uh, but the main idea, the altar was going to give us the main idea. The main idea is especially in regards to having intention in prayer from the depth of a person at heart day after day and to demand of God with their entire heart uh, and with their entire soul and that their soul should pour out like water in the presence of God. As the as our sages taught, this is from Devarim chapter six, verse five, which means to the extent of pressing out the soul. So it's like basically the main idea. And once we get to that uh, epistle in Kuntras Ahran, Maybe we'll have like, we'll be able to come back to here and, and reference back to that point. But the main idea that the altar was saying to leave us with is that we really should take advantage of these morning hours when we come into the morning prayer and to really supplicate and pour out our hearts to God and our entire soul. Like, and just like this real ringing out process, like just like really, it should be like a workout, you know, speaking of yoga, speaking of all these Pilates workout or whatever, prayer should also be a workout in that way. So that's it for today. So I hope that that was insightful for you. So just to kind of bring it back together again. So we spoke about how physical posture can really be helped. The way that we strengthen our core, our pelvis is through the crown, through focusing on the crown of the head. And so too, spiritually speaking, if we want to strengthen our faith in God, if we want to strengthen our our spiritual pelvis, spiritual loins, which is our faith in God, which will translate into us having love and fear of God, we can similarly focus on the crown, focus, which is in this case, God's will. So that means learning God's will, learning God's God's oral Torah, which is the source of the Torah itself, because the source of God's wisdom, which is Torah, comes from his will. And then in a concluding note, then the altar about focused not only on learning Torah, but also on prayer and how prayer is really the best time for us to really focus on trying to cultivate this love of God and this strengthening of the mind is during prayer. So that's it for today. And we will continue along these lines tomorrow. And I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzchak ben Benyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.